Drive, live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning, November 29th, 2022. We are starting out your morning uh Still not too cold out there, but we're going down from here, ladies and gentlemen. 37 degrees in the capital city, and we're going to get to some details because the weather could impact your morning uh, in getting around a bit today. Um, We'll get to that here in just a second. I want to tell you we've got coming up on the show today, Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. Uh, He's going to join us at 710. We'll count down the five things you're talking about today. Uh, Of course, we're going to have thoughts on Matt Rule's introductory press conference yesterday and a whole lot more. But real quick, let's delve into what we're going to see the next few uh, hours or so weather-wise. Lincoln is in a winter weather advisory that is in effect starting as of 10 minutes ago and is going to go on till 6 o'clock tonight. Mark, tell us kind of what you've been hearing from the National Weather Service this morning as they've updated their forecast for what this morning will bring. Well, the cold front is moving through, obviously. The the first part was the shift of the winds yesterday that were out of the south. Now they're very strong out of the north-northwest. Uh, the freeze line is between here and York. We're still at 37, but York's down to 30. That's coming. That's coming. That's mm-hmm. headed this way, and and that's when we will have the chance of the precipitation uh, starting its drizzle, changing to freezing drizzle, which you know that could happen probably within this hour and you know, have some form of precipitation. It just depends on how quickly the temps drop, whether it will turn to freezing drizzle. Now the grounds is still relatively warm, so it'll take a little bit while. But I also noticed that the uh, there had been no treatment of the streets at all, as yeah. sometimes uh, the case when we have a forecast of freezing grizzles. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah, so was I. So um, then, then by late morning, expecting it to switch over to snow, but very light, uh, traced to an inch, uh, even Beatrice not expecting any. So. Sure. We'll see. We'll see if Beatrice really gets none. So This sounds like a surprise eight-incher for Beatrice to me. Uh, three to six Just out kidding. in the southwest Just portion kidding. of the state, and uh, th- okay. uh, up to two to four up around Norfolk, and uh, three to s- three plus over towards Sioux City. So, all right. Well, if that uh, precip then comes in in the next hour, like you're saying, with the temperatures kind of passing under freezing, and it also being the first winter weather type driving event of the year, you kind of know how that tends to go. Uh, yes. uh, often around here, uh, it could. It could. Uh, be a situation where it makes it uh, messy, especially as the morning goes on uh, later and later into the morning. Um, on, yeah, on the, it's the transition. It's if we get the uh, drizzle that then transitions. Yeah. That's the worst. Get that if layer it, of ice yeah, on, the, on the bottom. Could be up to uh, five hundredths of an inch of ice, but Ooh. it only takes a. Uh, you know, yeah. a tenth, five uh, hundred. Then that nice little that nice little coating of just a little snow on sure. it to make the surface even more. And then when the wind's blowing, of course, the snow blowing across it has a tendency to polish it. And, and we're ripe for black ice in this type of a situation. Well, fantastic, Mark. Great. Well, yeah. wonderful. I'm I'm just, thinking I'm thinking about something less important to most everybody else, but uh, that is my uh, morning dog walking later today. Yeah. And I again ask Caleb, what do you do with dogs in the winter? 
I, you just you just bundle up, I guess. Huh? You just let them run free. You bu- yeah, just, you just put them out there. Hope they come back. I no, haven't not think thought about that. Um, there there are some like indoor dog parks. So in Lincoln, yeah, yeah there's, there's one, one literally a block away from here. Really? Yeah, just I was wondering if that existed. North on Forty yeah. Sixth. I'm waiting right, for the 44. listen. I'm waiting for the dog bars to open up. Okay, got to get that licensing down and everything. Hey, I don't want my dog to have fun unless I can drink. <laughs> then it's then it's 10 a.m. Opening her up. Up, I'm here. Jack, here's Stafford. my dog. Take care of it. Even in dog years, Reggie's too young to, to go to a bar. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna card the dog. Uh, well, they're talking about vaccinations, so basically, yeah, they they uh, yep. they are. Uh, Get but him a yeah. fake ID, you coward. Yeah, that's the thing. It's going to be. It's even you know, even if it isn't particularly slick. Hopefully, it won't be, but it certainly could be. Uh, but the uh, the the weather with the wind, Mark, as you mentioned, is going to be uh, fairly unpleasant. Fairly unpleasant today with temperatures hovering right around that freezing line uh, and then going down really hour by hour all the way into the overnight hours and then wind peaking out right around midday. Uh, uh, constant winds of about 20 plus miles an hour gusts that could get close to 40 miles an hour today. Yeah, so that sounds terrible. And cold tonight. Yeah, and cold. And yeah, we'll bottom out. We start the show tomorrow. We'll be at about uh, 17, 16 degrees or so. So that'll put wind so chills in the single or uh, yeah. single digits. Right now, the hour by hour has it bottoming out tomorrow morning at six for your wind chill. Although the winds will be uh, not as bad tomorrow morning as they will be this morning. When so, it's in the teens and there's any wind, it's cold. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Precipitation should uh, be tapering down um, around those you know midday or shortly after uh, the lunch hour. So that'll primarily be a morning event. Um, and, but it'll still be cold. So any slick conditions that accrue during that time, uh, will probably still be there to some degree during the, during the drive home or any, um, any school pickup or anything that you've got that way. So yeah, maybe a little extra time this morning. Uh, be ready. I, you know, don't know yet if it'll be, if it'll be something that's real significant or not. But of course, we'll, uh, we'll keep you guys posted. And as always, when, when winter weather comes, uh, I continue to always say you guys are our best eyes and ears, uh, out there just kind of letting us know what the driving conditions are really like. Uh, and that way we can pass that along and, and tell people, you know, if it is going to be a little challenge, if it is going to be something that takes a long time. So as this precipitation starts, we'd love your texts into the Rick Stein recognition text line. Just kind of tell us how it was for you, where it was, uh, where it was an issue, if it was an issue, that sort of thing as well. So, um, and, and again, even when you, ju- when it's just a little snow, that first time there's just a little snow, we always know that, you know, it's never us, but there are some drivers that don't, you know, switch back over to winter driving mode without a little reacclimation, shall we say. Yeah, and this is also- not a, not any of you, not you, Mark, not me, not any of us. It's the others, but oh, you okay. know who I'm talking about. Yes. Uh, we, we all know who we're talking about. Yeah, the other ones. The, the other, yeah. By the way, uh, just so that uh, it's a good time to remind everybody, we do have uh, closings and uh, late starts, you know, information on schools and businesses uh, at KLIN.com, brought to you by Southeast Community College. Do we have any of that today? Uh, actually, there are some uh, posted. They're not in our immediate area, okay. but like uh, Twin Rivers uh, starts at 10 today. Osceola, uh, two hours late. Uh, oh. Lehigh, 10 a.m. start. Um, okay. So some of those those uh, smaller schools areas that goes go to the late starts, uh, they're going to be doing that today. Cross-country so. community schools at Stromsburg, two hours late. Buses will be running late as well. So. All right. 
So there you go. That is your weather situation. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have time to hit on this throughout the day, but Matt Rule, of course, uh, introduced Caleb. We'll have more on his sports, including a little bit of sound. Uh, hopefully you got a chance, if you care, uh, to, to see it yesterday. What, Mark? I just think, what a way to welcome a uh, South Carolinian or a Carolinian uh, to Nebraska than to have a winter weather advisory yeah, well, and first full day. He's originally up from the north. He was born in New York City and lived in Pennsylvania, so he's probably seen his fair share of snow. Uh, um, but yeah, coming coming off of that recently, yeah, you're you're right. Um, but you know, a few years in Texas, few years in Carolina. Yeah, he, but he already posted a picture this morning, bright and early, at Memorial Stadium, where he appe- appeared to be on the field, given the vantage point of the picture. So I was like, get inside, man. Don't want you getting a cold. You got a lot to do. Come on, man. And and we've got to be healthy here. Yeah. And we've got to, you know, also acknowledge that this is the f- first really uh, weather. Uh, decision day for dr paul gosman yeah they're yeah. not cheap i mean no. they're not doing no, but, anything today but yeah that's eventually this is a, this process will eventually be one where it's a more difficult decision than it'll probably be today it is really interesting yeah i am surprised i'm surprised that there wasn't you know more treatment or anything like that on yeah, on I, the streets. I didn't see any the, do you hear the mayor talking they've got these new these new trucks that can do like everything now uh, when it comes, that is going to kind of streamline their procedure as well. But I well, didn't. That, I didn't. See, I, you you can see it on the streets when they do it when we go into work usually, yeah. and I didn't see any of that. I think really least. what they're talking about those combo trucks that we're talking about that's really more for plowing than it is for gotcha. treatment. I gotcha. believe from what I re- recall. I thought they were they could do the they could plow, but they could also I don't know they could also put this stuff. Well, down. They can put down. Sa- they can, they can put down sand. Yeah. That's for sure. Sand and salt. Anyway. Anyway, uh, real quick on 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 the rule thing. L- let me say this at the outset, and we'll have more time to talk about this later in the show today. And I want to get this disclaimer at the beginning behind everything else I'm going to say. I am like all of you. I am guarded a bit that that as good as things might feel at the beginning, we've been through this before where they feel really good and they don't pan out. And so I am cognizant of that. I am like you, perhaps. I am uh, healthily concerned that that is going to be the case, and I don't want to jump to any conclusions about outcomes based on how anything goes on the opening press conference. And so I, I, I feel that I am that way, and I don't know. I mean, I am to the point where I absolutely feel comfortable saying I have no idea if coaching hires are going to work or not. <laughs> I can I can maybe tell you for sure it's not going to work, but even when it looks good, it looks right, it looks like the right choice. After what what happened last time around, I am I am very aware that I cannot see the future when it comes to coaching searches. So there's some people that think the odds are seventy four million to one. Perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. All of that said, okay. All of that said, and I'll be I'll be curious what um, what you and the listeners have to say about this too. All of that said is I heard coming into this, and I hadn't I knew who Rule was. I had watched some of his games. I hadn't taken a lot of time to you know see his press conferences. Um, you know, people had sent me YouTube's when it looked like he was going to become the. Uh, the coach. I didn't have a time to delve into a lot of them, but I heard people who knew more about him than me say one of the things he'll be really good at is as a communicator. He he, you know, he will be good at winning quote winning the press conference, um, and you know he'll he'll get you you'll be ready to run through a wall after you hear him talk. 
so I, I had heard all those things, and, and I believed him. I didn't have any reason not to believe him. But I'll tell you this. Yesterday, when it comes to those things, was even far above my expectations for any of that. <laughs> I, I mean, legit, I was incredibly impressed by his ability to communicate, by him sort of casting a vision, weaving his passion, saying the right thing over and over and over again in different areas, and, you know, at least getting us to a place right now and 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 the, the players and, and whomever else is connected to this program excited about what he might be able to do here. I thought he did a great job, and he is as savvy as anybody I've seen who is a coach here in terms of of communicating uh, in terms of, I mean, let's face it, in terms of, you know, kind of marketing, selling you on on something. Um, and you can go all the way through at least all the football coaches in my life, and I saw something in him that way that I I haven't seen before. And, and, and again, that doesn't always translate to wins. Um, there are a lot of coaches who wins, win who aren't like that, okay? But it can't hurt. Right. <laughs> right? It can't hurt given all of your duties as a head coach. And I found him eminently likable, like wildly likable. Like, I would, I mean, I saw that press conference and my biggest thing was, man, I would love, love to have a chance to talk to that guy for a long time mm-hmm. about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and, you know, he mentioned at the, uh, he and I have in common uh, that we were, that, you know, we're both pastor's kids. Our, our dad's, my dad was you a pastor, his it. dad's still a pastor, right? And you you made a comment, Caleb, you're like, it felt like I was I was watching church on Zoom again. Like, the, and, Well, and, it wasn't an introductory press conference. It was a sermon on the future of Husker football. It, it was, and the... For for any of those of you who are are, are regulars at um at a, a type of church that there are a lot of around here, including you know when when my dad was a pastor at at kind of a you know the um you know a, a Protestant evangelical type church of of this era, especially in in the Midwest or the Northeast or anything like that, he had a definite like cadence about it and a rhythm about it that I've been that I've heard in in sermons at church. All through my life, having grown up in the church and and hearing my dad over the years and the other you know the other the other pastors that i've I've been around like it uh, about about ten minutes in I was like something feels familiar here, and that was exactly it and I heard a bunch of other people say that after the fact, so I thought that was you know that was interesting and and like I said, we can go back to specific things and and we will a little bit later in the show, but he said so many things that I just they were they were right for this moment, mm-hmm. for this program, for this fan base. Um, and now it's on to the work. Yes. It's on to the work. And a little bit later in the show, I have one thing, and, and maybe it's the thing that you're thinking of, but I have one thing that I think should be a top priority for him to take care of the next few days. And it may not be something that I thought was going to be a top priority a few days ago, a few weeks ago as well. So I'll tell you what that is today. All right, so that's what we got going on. Uh, Caleb's going to have more on that, including some sound here in sports. We've got our sound off coming up here in about 10 minutes. Congress is getting involved in the rail strike, it sounds like. They're getting concerned about this. We'll give you all the latest on that and more. It is 625. Did you ever hear the recipe for Protestant holy water? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, just boil the hell out of it. <laughs> uh, 625, we'll take a break. It is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. 
Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. It is time. Thanks for joining us. Just another reminder, if you're uh, once and if it gets uh, treacherous at all out there on the uh, on the drive, we'd love to hear from you on the text line, the Rickstown Recognition text line, kind of what your experiences were driving today, so we can pass those along. I know we always have a lot of people wondering, you know, is it bad out there? How bad it is out there? You guys are best way of uh, telling us that so we can keep people posted throughout the day. So uh, shoot us a text if and when that becomes something that impacts your morning commute today. All right. With that said, it is time to jump into the sound off. Let's start today with a rail strike. Let's not do this rail strike, guys. Let's let's now. How do we not do it? Well, that's uh, that's up for debate. But there's always the option of getting the federal government involved and getting Congress involved in this whole thing. And it looks like the president is getting closer to using that tool. A rail traffic stoppage could actually freeze almost 30% of U.S. cargo shipments by weight, uh, stoke inflation, and cost the American economy as much as $2 billion per day. And now the president is asking Congress to step in to ultimately help to solve the problem. And I'm quoting now, as a proud pro-labor president, I was reluctant to override the views of people who voted against the agreement. But in this case where the economic impact of a shutdown would hurt millions of other working people and families, I believe Congress must use its powers to adopt this deal. All right. So you also had, though, just, you know, just to be clear on this, um, outgoing House Majority Leader, House Speaker of the House, I should say, uh, Nancy Pelosi said, we are reluctant to bypass the standard ratification process for the tentative agreement, but we must act to prevent a catastrophic nationwide rail, rail strike, which would grind our economy to the halt. Pelosi said the House wouldn't change the terms of the September agreement, which would challenge the Senate to approve the House bill without changes. So um this is uh this is a september agreement that this is what the biden and pelosi are calling for um and it at, you know we're talking about unpaid days off those sorts of things that are that are going at uh at this point and you've had business groups who have been urging the congress and the president to to jump in and prevent the strike and and of course you've got now you've got the unions you've got the railroads that are lobbying contract congress this entire time so if Congress would act, could end talks between the railroads and the unions that rejected those deals that they, I mean, the Biden administration had some hand in negotiating before that original strike in in September. So that is four of the unions. Eight other unions approved the what was that uh, five-year deal with the railroads. And so they're getting back pay. They're going through that, that process. Um so if Congress does and imposes those terms, what was agreed to in September, what does that mean for the unions? Um, ends the unions pushed to add paid sick back time. That's one of the things that are a concern here. Um, there's There's been some discussion about, uh, you, you know, helping address quality of life concerns that are out there as well. 
So Biden's saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a pro-labor president, but in this case, this is going to hurt so many people that I think Congress has to do something here with this. So we will see what they can get done with Congress. For what it's worth, the Association of American Railroads praised the action. Uh, it said no one benefits from a rail work stoppage, not our customers, not rail employees, not the American economy, said the AAR CEO, Ian Jeffries. So um, getting some praise here at this point, um, and but we'll see how the unions react. We'll see what kind of uh, lobbying power that they've got this whole thing, and uh, we'll see if they go back to what some of the unions have already approved, um, but not all of them have back in September when this crisis was initially averted on this whole thing. Meanwhile, we've got a uh, month or so left in the congressional session, the lame duck session, and they are now back in session. What are we looking for here over the course of the next few weeks? Lawmakers face a mid-December fiscal fiasco. There's pressure by Democrats and some Republicans to hitch aid for Ukraine to the spending bill. A few Republicans oppose the U.S. spending any more money on Ukraine. Others are more cautious. President Biden rekindled efforts to pass an assault weapons ban, but it's doubtful that plan could overcome a filibuster. In fact, an assault weapons ban may not even muster 50 votes, enough to force a tie-breaking vote by Vice President Harris. House Democrats formalized their new leadership team this week. Some liberals are skeptical of incoming Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries because of his previous career as a corporate lawyer. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy still lacks the votes to become Speaker. Five Republicans vow they won't back McCarthy. They demand more control over the House agenda. All right. Uh, an interesting, uh, An interesting bit of information coming out of The census, not in the United States, but the census in England and Wales, and and maybe showing something that's trending in uh, similarly situated United States. And that has to do with uh, religious identification in those countries. A new census showed that the people in England and Wales identifying themselves as Christian dipped for the first time since they've been doing it below 50%. Uh, Something is pretty significant in terms of numbers in that area of the world. This information comes from the official census. 46% of the population now think of themselves as Christian. That's almost 6 million fewer Christians than a decade ago. No religion is now the second most common response. Over a third of respondents identified that way at 22.2 million people. Some religions are growing though. 6.5% of people in England and Wales are Muslim, compared to 4.9% in 2011, and for the first time, there are more than a million Hindus. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. Then we uh, turn over to what's going on in Elon Musk's Twitter, and it's always a lot. Um, But the latest from yesterday is that Musk says he is going to drop something called the Twitter files on Twitter. Um And he says this is going to illuminate for transparency some of the things that were happening in the company's past that he said had a chilling effect on free speech. Elon Musk will soon usher in a new era of transparency as Twitter CEO. Musk tweeting, quote, the Twitter files on free speech suppression soon to be published on Twitter itself. The public deserves to know what really happened. This promise comes as Musk's Twitter is attacked on three different fronts. A new op-ed from the Washington Post claims Musk is harming free speech, quote, so far Mr. Musk has governed Twitter according to his whims. The chief executive's polls supposedly 
supposedly express the will of the users, but many of those who engage regularly with his account are his diehard supporters, aware of his preferences and eager to see them enacted. All right. And meanwhile, Musk on another front is is in a uh, skirmish, shall we say, with someone you probably don't want to be in a skirmish with, for better or worse. Apple. And that's Apple. Yeah. Um, uh, so they pulled apparently apple has has pulled some of their advertising and that that frustrated musk and then so he went on um and he put a series of tweets out yesterday where he said you know their app store has a secret 30 percent tax ran a poll asking if apple should publish all censorship actions it has taken that affect its customers um and he, like I said, he claimed that Apple has pulled almost all of its advertising from Twitter. Now, now Musk is saying that Apple has threatened to, with, to pull Twitter from the App Store. Now, mm. he says, but they won't tell us why exactly. If you want something that would have a huge, huge, huge impact, like Apple or hate them, but they would have a huge impact on the value and the use of Twitter. And certainly you could still, sure, I guess you go to a browser and you right. could get it. But it being pulled from the App Store so there's no, lot avail- no longer available as an app on your phone, that would be significant. Mm-hmm. That would be annoying for those of us who use it frequently. But I don't know. Like this is uh, this is something that could really... This is something that could really speed along, you know, whatever whatever future there is that that we're heading towards that we're hurtling toward for this on this thing, um, and 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 maybe Apple's saying, well, th- we don't think the content moderation system is meeting our standards for our app store at this point. They did this is what happened with Parler. Remember, twenty twenty in in Parler oh, that was right. Apple booted Parler in 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 twenty twenty. Um, and then the the other thing is you maybe you know what plays into this weirdly Caleb is Fortnite the game Fortnite you remember the dispute between Apple and Fortnite so uh Epic which is a company that makes uh-huh. Fortnite put basically put in a system to get around oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah. tax that Elon Musk was talking about the fees between 30% 15% for digital purposes he was calling it the the Apple tax Epic did uh, Epic kind of did and I don't know to explain the nuts and bolts of it to you, but they basically bypassed it, mm-hmm. and that obviously created a dispute there. And so, if if Twitter tried to do something like that, which I don't know if Musk's hinting at that, but if Twitter would do that, that would be another way where they would say, "Okay, now we have justification." You're right, yanking it out of yeah. the store as well, and, and and there's probably other other things that you could if they were really trying they could probably find ways to say oh you know what this is now running afoul of our guidelines although I, my guess is that there are other apps where that's probably happened as well uh all right let's see what else do we have well, this is good news you know every for for over like a year it feels like every day we'd had a you know a thing that came up on the sound off that was this is going up in price this is scarce this sort of thing now, I'm not saying everything's fixed by any means, but one area, at least that I'm very interested in, seems to have prices easing quite a bit. We're not talking about gas. We're talking about at the grocery store. Good. 
poultry prices. Poultry companies have been able to increase production while demand from restaurants and supermarkets remained flat. The Wall Street Journal says the result is prices for chicken breasts have plunged about 70 percent since the first week of June. Wings and tenders are priced better, too. Popeye's Wingstop and others are promoting new chicken menu items. Wingstop says its wing costs decreased nearly 43 percent in wow. the three months ending September 24. Ginny Cosola, Fox News. You remember with Wingstop a year or two ago, I don't remember the exact date, but there was so much scarcity in the wing market because of production. Do you remember that? They started serving thighs. Right. They put yeah, yeah. thighs on their menu because wings were so hard to uh, to come by. Now, I'll tell you anecdotally, I was at the grocery store the other day, and it hasn't, whatever she's talking about there, at least for me yesterday, had not hit. No. <laughs> in terms of the I mean you can man. Well, and, and it's a it's a for lot chi- for of, chicken breast especially. Yeah, and it's a lot of different items cuz the other day um I went and I had to to pick up some medicine so I was like okay, I'll just grab a few other things while I'm there. Oh, one bag. Left the store with one bag. It was 50 bucks. And I was like, man, I didn't I didn't come in here and buy a dozen things. You didn't go straight to the high end champagne no. or something. No, yeah. I was like, this well, is rough. I mean, it, even the. Chi- I mean, when I was in there, the cheap, the, the grocery store I was at, the cheapest chicken breast I think was was five forty nine a pound, and that's the low end. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like designer chicken breast out there. <laughs> um, if you go, if you go with the the blue styrofoam thing, you go with the s- smart. Ch- I I like seriously wonder who is doing the the ten dollars a pound chicken breast because it's in the grocery store. I legit wonder who is who is doing that because, I mean, at that point, I'm just buying a steak. All right, <laughs> yeah. right. If we're going ten for chicken breast, I'm not paying ten ten dollars a pound for chicken breast. Um, and then, but if you get it the right day, you'll get two ninety nine, three ninety nine, or or you can you know go a little cheaper and go the frozen or go to the big box you know warehouse store and get better deals there. But we consume a lot of that. I have a son who's trying to, unlike me, trying to gain weight, and so he goes through a lot of protein and a lot of chicken breasts. So, Just nonstop yeah. eating. Yeah, try. Yes, try. Tr- yep. Try it. It's uh yes, it's a real contrast in styles in our house with him trying to eat as much as he can to gain weight, and me trying to eat as little as I can to lose weight, and we both seem to be naturally inclined in the opposite directions, <laughs> thanks to our age and metabolism and activity level. Uh, we talked about this earlier. Whether you're uh, whether you're into soccer or not, a, a huge match today Ooh, yeah. for the United States. But w- one of the things, even beyond the the sport part of it, is just kind of the the political undertones. This will be fascinating today, this afternoon, while in Qatar, the United States takes on Iran. The stakes today for American hopes of having a successful World Cup are profound. After earning two points with draws against Wales and England, the Americans control their own destiny, win, and they will advance to the single elimination round of 16. But a loss or draw would bring a crushing end to their World Cup run. There are also much larger issues at play, with tensions on a variety of fronts between the two nations, highlighted by the U.S. Soccer Federation's controversial social media post over the weekend that removed the emblem of the Islamic Republic from the Iranian flag, a move made to show support for the ongoing protests in Iran after a young woman was killed in police custody there in September. Eric Messersmith, Fox News. Yeah, just just the way soccer is worldwide, whether or not you're a fan and like the national 
pride it brings out in in other parts of the mm-hmm. world. This is uh, it's gonna be a significant significant one here. Yeah, uh, with everything that happens, and especially it basically being a, a do or die situation for the U.S. soccer team to either end their run or or keep it going. Have to win. Um. So you ever gotten an Airbnb and thought, oh my gosh, I'm getting a this is a pretty good deal, and then you you leave and you see afterwards you're like, oh. I was paying massive cleaning fees that completely change what kind of a deal this was. Well, that may be getting at least a little bit better. Airbnb is set to roll out some big changes that won't end cleaning fees, but make them more transparent for customers. A June 2022 Nerd Wallet analysis found 40% of listings had cleaning fees ranging from 20% to 29.9% of the list price of a rental. In December, Airbnb says they'll launch a toggle so travelers can search results to display all prices, including those fees. Mm. Rather than just displaying the nightly rate before fees, as it does now, Airbnb also plans to prioritize total price over the nightly price when ranking search results in hopes that hosts will cut those cleaning prices. Giangelosi, Fox News. Yeah, well, when you when you see the real price, that always that always changes things, and that might pull some market forces where people are like ah, people aren't staying here anymore, so we need to uh, we need to change those cleaning fees instead of hiding them. Um, all right, a couple more, two more things here. I want to, I want to get to here. Uh, this is a, this is a good news one. You remember, you know, a, a couple of years, Christmas 2020, and I, some people were, you know, doing it completely different because of the pandemic and so many things throughout that entire year and a little bit afterwards were, were just different. One of the things this year, you can finally say this Christmas season, it wasn't all the way there last year, but it's finally back. And that is, the cottage, but very important industry of mall Santas. He's back, baby. A little older, more jolly in the middle. The Santa Claus experience is back at the mall, just like pre-pandemic. No plastic partitions or faraway benches. Santa booking HireSanta.com has logged a 30% increase in demand this season. You can sit right down in Santa's lap. No masks required for covering up those beautiful faces in most places. Santa stand-ins lost about 15% of their ranks due to retirement or COVID, but this year sometimes making more, 175 bucks an hour, what? five to twelve thousand for the season, but no what? lap visits at the Macy's New York Herald Square store. Santa seated behind his desk, making that list and checking it twice. Therese Crowley, Fox. Oh, maybe I shouldn't be losing that weight. Holy cow! Time to put on some weight. Jeez! Time to whiten this. You got to gray up a lot, man. I'm ahead of you in the pecking order here. Well, they have the the same way that you can color it. I'll do the touch of gray. <laughs> That's uh, that's crazy. And then last, do we have time for one more? Or are we done? Ahead. We got to do this Good last show. one just because, just because last year uh, we're bringing Request Line Friday this week, and one of the most epic Request Line Friday episodes last year of season two was at the beginning when we did Christmas songs that you love to hate, and someone uh, requested the Bob Dylan Christmas album <laughs> yes. selections for it, and it was weird and bad. Well, Bob Dylan's back in the news, um, and it's. Uh, it, it's kind of sad, but it's not. It's 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 not great. Bob Dylan's not signing his own autographs, and he's getting called out for it. Bob Dylan issued an apology after it was revealed the star used a machine to duplicate his signature on books and artwork for the last few years. 
The iconic singer-songwriter said he made an error in judgment by proving his works to be sold as hand-signed copies to fans. Dylan developed symptoms of vertigo in 2019 and claimed he started using an auto pen to sign his merchandise, books, and other items. Fans on social media began noticing a similar signature on limited edition signed copies of Dylan's latest book, The Philosophy of Modern Song, that cost 600 bucks. Dylan pointed to his case of vertigo during the pandemic as his inability to find a safe and workable way to complete what he needed to do while the virus was raging. Michelle Polino, Fox News. Ooh, put it in the machine. And the machine was signed. That was all for that one uh, thing I wanted to just do. Just for that. 657. That's it for the sound off. Just an LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIA. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. I just got a text from Ryan. He said moisture on the ground starting to slowly freeze around 84th and Layton. It's happening. So, uh, yeah, it... I actually sent him a gift back it says it's happening with fireworks <laughs> going on. Uh, but yeah, keep us posted on what you're seeing street conditions throughout the morning on the Rick Stein recognition text line. All right, it's 7 o'clock, KLIM Lincoln. From the, live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, yeah, just another another heads up. I just went outside and checked the situation here at 44th and O, and just just wet right now and uh, on the sidewalks and and on the streets. Uh, but we're still just above freezing here right now. Uh, if if and when that precipitate excuse me precipitation increases, we go under freezing. Uh, that's probably when we're going to start seeing some more slick conditions, um, possibly later in this hour. So, again, uh, maybe add a little extra time today. It's possible that it gets a little bit slower, a little bit more treacherous than usual. So we'll keep you updated. Please let us know what you're seeing out there as you make your commutes, just because you guys are the best eyes and ears for us to let everybody else know how it is going. Uh, Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, joins us right now. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? Is there something else going on in the state that I don't know about? <laughs> yeah, there was. There, 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 there was something yesterday. There was. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. That is. Uh, I, I, by the way, how about uh, how about that? The um, you know the moving. Uh, uh, it's always interesting to have kind of a pep rally and a press conference combined. You don't see that in politics. Well, maybe you do see that in politics sometimes. I'm not Only sure. When they- only when they don't want to answer questions. Then they bring in all these other people, surround themselves, hoping that nobody's going to ask any too delicate questions because there's members of the actual public that yeah. don't want to, may not want to hear these things. Uh, that's when you, that's when I think you see that quote-unquote dog and pony show by politicians. Yeah. Do you ever see them bring a uh, partial marching band in to help out with that? <laughs> Cheerleaders. That, would, that, that might be a bit new. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, given given what happened yesterday, maybe that's going to be the, the norm around here now, as opposed to the exception. Wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, Pillen was there; he might have been taking some notes. You have no idea, you know. <laughs> By the way, yeah, I think he, he was designing plays, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't know. Did you see? He was one of the first people that Rule shook hands with when he walked in. Was uh, future governor and, and regent Jim Pillen there? And he talked with the Huskers radio network. Pillen did. Yeah. Okay. All right. So he talked statewide. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is just, just saying he uh, answered questions that, that, that may be the hidden story from yesterday. <laughs> that's a good point yeah you we, we hear P- pillin breaks uh, uh a little Radio bit of a silence, silence there 
Um, so we are now, we are now, Joe, kind of in in the closing weeks here before things really fire up again with um, the gov- state government of, of Nebraska, well, the legislative portion of the state government of Nebraska, with the legislature uh, getting going again. I, I want to talk about some of these issues and and what the big ones are and how they play out. But I want to ask you first. I know. Something that became at least an issue has been an issue for some people in the state, uh, and, and kind of got brought up, especially during this election, election cycle because of Charles Herbster's, uh, pack is this, this tradition of a secret ballot for picking, um, committee leadership committees, uh, in the legislature. And it's been something that some people have wanted to see change. It has kind of held strong so far. But with this newfound effort for for Herbster to get kind of people elected that would be against that, I'm curious, do you think, given what we know now about what the makeup of the legislature will be and given what we know that specific history with the candidates, does this feel like the year where that's likely to change? It's possible. I don't think it will because, unless I'm mistaken, they're going to have to change and there's also talk about changing the rules and everything, but it's very possible to change that. And I'm, I'm sure this is the case to change that voting process. They're going to have to have a vote to make the change. I think that vote is private, <laughs> right? So anyone who's, if you're, even if you're on the record of saying, you know, I believe it's going to be, uh, I'm, I'm for an open ballot. The vote to change the rule for that vote to occur is going to occur in private. So no one, you could you could vote, you know, against your own public comments, and nobody's ever mm. going to know. Uh, that, given the fact that I think the seventeen uh, Democrats will probably hold serve on that, uh, and may, maybe stop a vote before you know, and in fact filibuster a change before there is even is a vote. So my my gut tells me that that we're going to have a still going to be a private ballot, secret ballot to, for those chairmanships and what have you, but you know. Uh, between now and and then, uh, there'll be other pressures applied from certain groups. The cu- <laughs> one of the curiosities in this is uh, that type of balloting, if it was an open ballot, would probably help Governor-elect Pillen yeah. because the chairmanships of the committees would be most likely be Republican people that he probably would support and has supported. But the idea came from Herbster. Mm, that's true (laughs) and so now pillen would be supporting something that herbster has been pushing that's and i don't know that pillen wants to do that i mean uh that campaign was so vile uh i don't i mean to this day herbster has never you know um announced that he believes that basically that uh pillen won the race he's never to my pretty sure he's never technically conceded uh did say that the race is over but there was no there was never a phone call that, that i was aware of between huh. Helen and herbster um i could I, I stand to be corrected on that but okay. i don't think there really was um and uh so that's kind of where we are right now and um and and, and you know there's a variety of herbster supporters that aren't happy with the way the thing came out in the end i think maybe they voted for pillen in the end but uh, they weren't happy with that primary. There's no doubt about that. Um, before we talk about some specific issues, now that we kind of know where the balance of of power is and 
how close it is, how close, uh, you know, in the nonpartisan legislature. Uh, I always feel like I have to disclaim that before I say this, but that Republicans <laughs> didn't quite get to that point where they've got a filibuster-proof uh, majority. How do you think that kind of plays itself out? We've talked a lot about this with the House and the Senate federally, uh, but how do you think that generally plays itself out? Is that going to significantly make it harder to get a, a lot done um, during the during the legislative session this year, or will it just feel basically, you know, kind of be basically feel like it has in in previous years where this was the case? Well, it's going to be, you know, it's the longer session. It's you know, it's the ninety days. It's going to go into late May, early June. So there's more time for things to occur. Uh, but you're going to have you've got two major issues that that we know about that are coming: the abortion issue and the question of the uh, how we're going to deal with concealed carry weapons down the road, those two issues alone are going to take a lot of, uh, a lot of time and effort. And on the abortion issue, uh, my guess is what we're going to see right now, as most people know, there's a 20-week ban in Nebraska. After 20 weeks, you're not allowed to get a legal abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guess is you're going to see a variety of proposals, 16 weeks, 12 weeks, 6 weeks, complete ban with the hope from those who are pushing for these bans that they're that you know they'll dangle out there a, a complete ban on abortion and and hope that they can get the other side scared enough that they'll settle on a maybe a 12 week uh, quote unquote compromise uh, that's what i think is going to happen whether or not those that compromise would even occur i don't know but i do think you're going to see a variety of different bills presented with different timelines yeah uh, and and different gradations of what is what constitutes a quote unquote abortion uh, in in Nebraska because there's always other questions of in vitro and things that are looming out there and how they would be affected and exceptions so yeah it, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be yeah and the exceptions of rape mm-hmm. and incest life of the mother uh, all those things are are going to be on the table in a variety of different pieces of legislation. So, uh, and what's going to be, you know, I think you're going to have some of the most intense public hearings that we've seen in quite some time, because uh, both sides will bring out, you know, all their supporters for those hearings. I mean, they're going to, I would anticipate those hearings lasting quite some time uh, on each bill that, that comes up. So that, that, that abortion issue alone is going to dominate a lot of headlines between now and the end of that session. For sure. Yeah, w- w- without a doubt, that'll be the case. And you bring up a really good point about, you know, wondering what the bill will actually be now. I don't know if my memory is right, but wasn't wasn't the when there was some talk about the potential of a, a special session this fall, What weren't, wasn't it floated? A, was it a 10-week ban at that time? I'm trying to remember. It was it was shortening the. It was not a complete ban, but it was shortening from twenty, if I recall correctly. I think it was twelve. But twelve. The, the, okay. But, but the point the point is that there was there was certainly a discussion of, of pulling, uh, pulling it back because for, I think when people you know when when the public heard that the Supreme Court ruled as it did, the belief was oh we're going to ban abortions in Nebraska. Well, while there are a number of people that would want to see that happen, the reality of getting to that to that, you know, the, the last realm of that possibility is really, really hard. So I think what you're going to see is is people are going to be trying to maneuver, to, for, for, as I said before, for a compromise that might be 12 weeks, maybe, you know, maybe six. Mm-hmm. So that you're, you're telling people, you know, if, if you push too hard, we're going we're gonna to go for a complete ban. So you might want to give in now 
and, and, and not, not face that possibility. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot of maneuvering in the legislature as, as to the timeline of, of what the future looks like uh, on this. Now, if, if, if you get – and here's one thing to keep in mind. Democrats always talked about um, having the 17 votes. Yeah. Well, there's one Democrat who is pro-life and has continually voted pro-life, and that is um, uh, State Senator uh, McConnell, uh, McDonald from Omaha, mm-hmm. Mike McDonald, who is probably running for mayor of Omaha in a couple of years. Uh, mm. He has voted pro-life time and again in the legislature, and Mike McDonald is likely to be that one Democrat who's going to vote with the Republicans. Now, that would then give – would he vote to stop the filibuster? Uh, you know, mm. I don't know, but yeah, where does that, it, where's the line basically? Right. That? Yeah. So, so, you know, his vote is going to be closely watched as we move, move into this uh, situation. And then what we don't yet know, is there, is there a Republican that would go the, you know, quote unquote to the pro-choice side of this? Right. We haven't, we don't know that yet. We haven't seen that possibility. You know, every, I mean, when John McAllister joined the legislature eight years ago, he was a Republican vote. <laughs> well, that switched. Yeah. It switched in large part because he, he, he his displeasure with uh, then President Trump. But so is there is there some Republican out there that we're not thinking of that might you know cast a vote quote unquote with the Democrats in the legislature? Right. These things are, are you know it only takes one. You yeah. know, it only takes one or two people when it, when the when the margin is this tight. It only takes one or two votes either way to swing this thing. So it'll be this calculus of how far can you go and still have the votes, essentially, exactly. when, when, you, exactly. when you're figuring out what the bill is. And, you know, it is interesting, Joe, because, and, and, and I would have been wrong if you had asked me this, but if you had asked me two years ago, you know, uh, Jack, what do you, what do you think happens if and when the Supreme Court overturns Roe in Nebraska? My thought would be it'll be, you know, as soon as possible. The legislature yes. will somehow uh, will will figure out a way to enact a complete ban. I you know I just I always assumed that, and it's just not playing out that way. And and, and it may be something, but it probably won't be that after all this. Um, no, and, and as you know, what it boils down to is you've basically got this urban rural divide on that issue, as it is on a lot of issues in Nebraska. You've got you've got urban senators in Lincoln and Omaha who are quote unquote pro choice. They're not going to. They're 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 you know biting their biting their tongues to say what they probably really really want to say about what's going on, uh, and and then then you got the rural senators who represent the quote unquote you know red state of Nebraska, and you know these two little they always talk about the blue dot in Omaha. There's a, you know because because but Lincoln's its own blue dot. Mm-hmm. You know I mean it's it's you've got variety a number of Democrats in Lincoln. And, and and teaming up with the Democrats in Omaha, that's where those basically those seventeen Democrats yeah. come from. Uh that is where they come from. Yep. And um you know, they that's where we are. You have this urban rural split and it shows its face yep. not just on ag issues and, and, and property tax issues, it shows its face on other social issues like abortion that's what we have right now. Yeah. Um so I got a couple of minutes left. Give me a I mean, what is gonna be you know, the the concealed carry, constitutional carry, that sort of thing. Um is 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 this something where we kind of know what the bill is going to look like and and what should we look for as this kind of plays out in the next few months? I think the the real factor in that that will have to be played out is what role the uh basically the Omaha police union plays uh in that debate. They've been, you know, the Omaha Police Union 
sort of they 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 understand because you basically got a, a, a variety of conservative police officers in Omaha uh, who understand and and probably you could talk to each one of them individually they they like the idea of concealed carry but they're on the front lines of a war so was, and I don't want to overemphasize that but but that's how they view it. In terms of on the streets in Omaha, they don't want people carrying weapons that that aren't accounted for, and that they they you know they they've made that very clear in the past, and so there's this line where where you're, if you're a lawmaker you're you're not supporting the Omaha police officers uh, versus supporting the the citizens that you think you represent in your in your area. So it's a real fine line, and I think where the Omaha Police Union finally weighs in on that next piece of legislation is going to be interesting and and maybe the deciding factor in how that thing turns out because if if they if they hold if they hold like they have before it then then there's going to be some compromises that are going to have to be made in that legislation so it's it's, it's similar to the abortion issue there's too many unknowns right now as we head into this next session yeah um that those two alone will take up plenty of time they got a lot of other god we didn't even mention property taxes goodness sakes joe what's happening here at this point i'm sure that'll be uh that'll be up there too in the discussions but i think we have some time yeah. to to get into that as well so there you go hey joe uh always appreciate it we will uh talk to you again in a couple of weeks as we get closer to the legislative session and uh have a good rest of your day all right Take care, Jack. Thank you. There you go, Joe Jordan. News Channel, Nebraska 725. Grab a break. Caleb's got sports next. You listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. All right, 739, it is time to count them down. So without any further ado, let's get things started with number five. Winter weather advisory in effect until six tonight. We've had a little uh, mixed precipitation in the Lincoln area. It's now just cloudy. Uh, precipitation pretty well stopped here at midtown, but we did have a, a listener report of a little light icing, what, North 84th Street, I think? Yeah, that was about half hour ago. Yeah, 84th and Layton. Um, but we're not hearing anything else uh, that way. Snow is moving in closer and closer. The latest radar I saw shows it uh, well into the York area. Light snow. We're expecting a trace to maybe an inch as the transition continues. But temperatures uh, are going to continue to fall all day, and strong north winds going to make it feel just darn right. Yeah, that you know that the combination of the falling temperature, that little coating of precipitation, and the wind just. Uh, Lock it into place. Um, uh, could be could be a slick one here shortly this morning if it isn't already. Uh, Mark, the temperature now is down. We've gone down pretty significantly. We're down to 31 under freezing here in the capital city. Uh, sidewalks are wet. Last I checked, it was about 20 minutes ago, but sidewalks still um, still wet, not overly slick right now. But that that kind of that freezing process and the amount of precipitation hasn't quite been enough to make that significant in Midtown Lincoln. If you're seeing other things, experiencing other things elsewhere. In specific areas, don't hesitate to shoot us a text on the Rickstown Recognition text line and let us know how your commute was today. Hopefully, hopefully we're still just de- dealing later throughout the morning with with wet conditions and not things. But you know, we've just seen enough of these, Mark, to know that 
every once in a while when when these things combine out of nowhere it can get really bad really fast it, it can although with temperatures down to 31 now we should be transitioning to all snow and this little respite this little break in the precept we're actually got winds out of the north at 21 gusting to 37 so we're actually getting some drying uh, that's on, on the roads it, yeah so, it's all about that timing so yeah. so if it switches over to snow and blowing this hard it may continue to uh, keep the streets in better condition than uh, you would think might be possible. But also, it does not appear that any streets were treated overnight ahead of this. Event. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the normal, you know, the kind of the tracks that you see when that's happened the night before, nor any of the the trucks out. Uh, just and then, just in terms of of looking ahead. Uh, looks like the forecasts indicate that precipitation will be tailing off mostly by the end of you know the early afternoon, midday, early afternoon or so, and then that precipitation chance drops significantly into the afternoon. Um, but <laughs> whether we get precipitation or not, or slickness or not, it probably isn't going to be particularly pleasant outside if you got to be outside doing things. Uh, get down into the 20s, and we're going to have wind speeds. Uh, sustained over 20 miles an hour gusts in the high 30s. That's going to be good for wind chills that that get us down into those into those teens. When you I mean when you get wind chills under you know under 20, that officially becomes I think unpleasant. Uh, when and, and I'm starting to f- to find those limits when I'm doing my dog walks in the uh, in the morning well, and, and figuring out what to wear. Especially so. with these damp conditions, it just yeah. seems to be even worse. And then we'll be down in the mid teens tonight. Actual temperature. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now, by the way, Mark, do you see? Do you, have you looked any further in the forecast though? Do you see Friday? Uh, yeah, yeah. Friday, Friday's sixty-four now. Yeah. This is the forecast for Friday and and sunny skies. Like we are all over. We're we're you know it's thirty and thirties today, thirties tomorrow. Very cold in between. Thursday in the fifties. Friday cargo shorts weather. Back down to the thirties on Saturday. Back up to the mid fifties and sunny on Sunday. Uh, this is. Uh, I mean, normally we get these roller coasters in winter very frequently here. It's usually not so quickly, uh, and it's not winter yet, but late fall. It's usually not this quick, like, day-to-day back and forth, though. Yeah, That's kind of what we've got. And this big a change is a little yeah. unusual. So. But not, a, not after you get through this this chance of, of precipitation here, there's uh, not doesn't look like any significant precipitation in the forecast after that. So Not until maybe Monday. Until Monday. Okay. All right. Moving on. Number four. Matt Rule was introduced as the 31st coach in Nebraska football history by UNL Athletic Director Trev Alberts yesterday afternoon. Took place at uh, Hawks uh, Field. Rule joined by his wife and three children. Uh, they uh, flew in yesterday morning. Sounds like he went right to work. Yep. Busy early this morning. He's got a lot morning. to do. A lot to do. He was already tweeting at five this morning. Tweeting from the uh, from the stadium. I was yeah that's, from the stadium. I I saw that and I went. Gosh, I thought I was the only one awake right now. I wonder where they park. That's six uh, Eastern time zone. So he's only one day. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I wonder where they put him up. I wonder if uh, if they put him up in the. You remember when Mike Riley lived in the Embassy Suites like quasi permanently mm-hmm. for a while? So I, I I mean I assume rules living out of a hotel. For a while here with this whole thing because they've just I mean lead they, place they just, yeah I don't maybe they got you know what I'm not gonna say I'm not subletting my place to him <laughs> right now um, he I don't know if he could afford it uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah how gotta, about, gotta use some wow. of that Panthers money I, I, I want to talk more about more about the press conference later on the show we actually haven't hit on it a lot but how about that contract they did not. Caleb, if anybody thought that they were 
going to potentially go cheap on this thing. They absolutely did not. Uh, with an eight-year contract that oh, that averages over $9 million a year, that basically escalates from the beginning to the end on this. Yeah, so thing. it starts out at $5.5 million for this first year. Um, and all of that, one... Uh, gets offset by some Carolina Panthers money. So that's why you could start it out being lower and scaling it up. But by the time you get to the last year, it's $12.5 million. Now. So 74 over eight years. Now. That that puts him, what, about the third highest paid? Right. right, If he had that $12.5 million, that would put him up in rarefied air. Uh, in college football. Now, that said, by the time he actually gets there, he won't be anymore. Everyone else will have contracts redone by then, and yeah. Just talking about the contract, we can talk about what he said a little bit later in the show, but just talking about that contract, it's clear to me that that, uh, Rules Agent did some heavy negotiating here on this whole thing. Yeah. um, And had some... And one of the things that was also... There's also a, you know, the buyouts. The buyouts are very significant as well when because they come into play so frequently. Hopefully they don't for rule. Hopefully he fulfills this thing. But but whether it's the buyout for Nebraska to make a decision to go in another direction where rules guaranteed still 90% of that salary. Mm-hmm. So it's, they're on the hook for it. Yeah. This isn't, they're not pulling the, they're not, you know, pulling the switch on this thing for a long time. Um, you know, just for, for things not going well because it's going to be so costly. On the other hand, Rule's got a very coach-friendly situation where if he would get lured away by someone else, it's, um, I think it was, I can't remember now, but six, seven, eight million dollars somewhere in that range, like not, not something that's untenable at all. So right. that's why I, I see this contract and, and you can see that, that Rule's side did some, it's, a, it's an impressively, coach-friendly contract right now, and that's the kind of market that you're in right now, to be honest. Well, it's, it's the kind of market you're in, and it's kind of that. It, a little bit of that is also where you're at as Nebraska. It, it, if Nebraska's in a much better place, your negotiating power's a little bit better for some of that's that. That's true. Yeah, that, that that's probably true. It's, I mean, it's a supply and demand, and uh, that Big Ten TV money is going to be put to use, isn't it? <laughs> yes, when it you're is. Talking yes, about, it is. When Any you're talking indication about of who else was uh, courting him? Uh, no, he he wouldn't say, but it was interesting that he even said that, that he had other opportunities. That makes I mean, me think Auburn talked to him. Auburn, I would guess Auburn is the is the first one that I think about. There just haven't been, I mean, the vacancies are just kind of starting to come up now. Right. Where they were. Did Wisconsin, Wisconsin talk to him? I don't know. We, we didn't really think Wisconsin was going to be on the table, but apparently it was. Colorado? So. Maybe and, and what did maybe tre- Colorado and how many people did was, Trev reach out to? They he said, said thirteen. They, so he said they interacted with thirteen coaches. Wouldn't call it interviewing thirteen of them. Well, like, is he counting like Urban in there? Because Probably. he obviously. So he's talking to Urban. I think he talked to like Chris Peterson. I think he, ta- you know, just kind of some of those. I think were just conversations about, you know about what they knew about coaches and what yeah. they thought about coaches and those sorts of things. So I think those like those two, I think, are probably countered in the 13. But, you know, Leipold is probably in there. Kleiman's probably in there. Matt Campbell. Uh, Campbell, you know, as Mike told us, I bet Bronco Mendenhall is in there as well. Um, those were those were probably all in that thing. Anyway, we'll have more on that a little bit later. But uh, bottom line, I, I haven't said this for a while, but, man, I think he won the press conference with flying colors. I get it. That's not winning a game. But, man. That guy can. I just want to listen to him talk. 
he is a he is a savvy communicator, uh, and I think he put that on full display with a press conference yesterday. Number three. Lincoln police arrested a man yesterday after making a disturbing discovery inside a woman's home near 21st and P. This all happened about 5.30 Sunday night, according to KLIN News. Um, She found an iPhone hidden in her bathroom that was actively recording her as she showered. Uh, And the phone belonged to a 24-year-old roommate, a guy by the name of... uh, Uh, I've uh, got it. Giles. Uh, Austin Giles. Austin yep. Giles. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, looked at the phone and found videos back to August. Oh, my goodness. So he is... How do uh, you even... Uh, no, I'm not trying to give anyone instructions, but how do you even put a phone somewhere in a bathroom where it's there that long and is, you know, unseen? Yeah, they said it was hidden, so... Oh, man. But who knows? That is a creepy creepy thing but um it got to the point where she basically found it saw what was on it saw what had been happening during this entire time called the police and uh that's illegal you, you can't you can't do that all right moving on number two if you're one of those who insist on the real thing when it comes to a christmas tree you're going to lay out some bucks this year. A new survey of wholesale Christmas tree growers showed 70% of the growers said they plan to increase their prices 5 to 15% compared to last year. Another 5% said they plan a markup of over 20%. So we could be talking easily in the $70 range. Well, yeah, the, the, the retail break, how that's broken down, like if you look at the National Christmas Tree Association's number, the average cost of Realtree was 70 last year. Now they're saying that it's closer to eighty or a hundred last year uh, on on the average, and I can I can confirm it. And we did my family did something this year, guys. I didn't think we would ever do. You got a artificial. The thing that's different about Whoa. a Verbo vacation home. <laughs> we got my fault. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's some videos that play. US, US $2,000, Verbo. Uh, anyway. Um, the thing we did different was we got a Verbo vacation home. No, yeah, we went. We went. It wasn't. I mean, we we got the dog now, okay? And we thought the dog and the real tree might not play nice because he is still a very precocious puppy, even at, what, seven, seven and a half months at this point. So he's a dog brat. And I don't want him eating needles and all those things. So I thought we may have, I and my family thought we may have less issues with the uh, with the fake one. I never thought I would have a fake tree in my house. I really didn't. I was kind of haughty about it over the years, right? I kind of had a little bit of condescension in my eyes when I'd go to people's homes and, and see the fake tree. And now I am that person. It was the Paul Bunyan uh, uh, alter ego you have. I I guess. Uh, I will say this. It was uh, made the whole setting up and, dec- and and getting it, you know, in a stand or set up about a hundred times easier. <laughs> Is it a pre-lit tree and all no, of that? We, no, we got, we did not get pre-lit. Also, you want to know what we paid? We paid for it. We have 50 bucks for it. Now, maybe that shows you what the quality is, but we were like, look, even if we only use it this one year and we go back to real, we're still saving money <laughs> yeah. over getting a real tree at this point. Because we would have pro- the the type of tree that we would usually get, even like a, I don't know, like probably not like it's huge, but like a seven footer, that's going to run you over 50 bucks now with this whole thing. So, my question for those that get the real tree is it? That was me. 
one is, is it are you just going to where where do they sell those at because when i grew up in a small town you actually went out to the the country yeah i've you never were, actually done that i've not, no i'm i'm the city you boy went, you went out to rademakers and you said they said all right uh go down this row here and no, you went, you picked it out yourself then somebody drove the truck back to them. They came out, cut it down, and put it in the back of your truck. They, they used to have more of the kind of romantic-looking Christmas tree Hallmark. pop-up places where they, yep. you know, they got the lights hanging down from the strings. They used to have the, but I mean, the reality of it is, I think most people probably get them now from your your big box stores um, oh, from the world. There's but. still a few nonprofits that that have tree lots. Okay, yeah, th- they do. They don't. They haven't quite hit the. They're not quite as um, used as uh, firework stands. No, <laughs> <laughs> but you got You got to staff these things a whole lot longer. But yeah, that's that's how I did it. I mean, I did it like. And you know what, Caleb? I started using the service a few years ago. It used to be at least I felt like a little bit of a lumberjack because I cut the like one inch piece off the bottom of the trunk. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, there's my sawing for the year <laughs> that I've done. But now they'll do it at the store. <laughs> No, it was always, you'd go, you'd go out to the farm, you'd get the tree, you'd bring it back, and then when you were done, you knew where at the lake to go put it out on the ice, yeah. because when the ice melted, then that's going to be a great, great environment for the fish as soon as it melts. I know we got to move on, but I, I kind of feel bad, because not worrying about it shedding everywhere, not worrying about watering it, not worrying about it starting a fire, um, has been somewhat pleasant. Have I changed? It's very sad. It's very sad. Number one. Merriam-Webster has uh, announced their word of 2022. It means uh, downright deceitful, manipulating, misleading. Uh, the word? Gaslighting. Ooh. I think it's interesting that they picked this word because this word like fired up like three years ago like crazy. I had I'd not really heard it that much prior to then. And sort of at the beginning of, I think probably the Trump, you know, the Trump presidency, people use it all the time. I think they're a few years late on this one, if I do say it myself. Well, their website, a bit late on website it. searches were this this year so far up one thousand seven hundred and forty percent. So, I don't know. We got to be able to think of a word that that came to fruition more. I think that one's a little. I think it's. I think their numbers are questionable. I don't believe them. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, you want to argue with Merriam or Webster? Fake dictionary news. <laughs> wow. All right, let's take a break. It is uh, seven fifty-five. That is it for your morning drive, and it's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on Lincoln's News and Talk fourteen hundred ninety-nine three KLIN. When you're listening to LNK today with Jack and friends on fourteen hundred and ninety-nine three KLIN. 759. I hear the Chicago, and it reminds me, Friday's Request Line Friday. We just started breaking out and dancing in here. Yeah. I cannot wait for Friday. Request Line Friday comes back. It is uh, open this week. Get your request. We, I saw we had a few more requests in. Get them in right now at 402-479-1490, the Rickstein Recognition Text Line. This is, uh, if you're not familiar with it, if you're uh, fairly new to the program, it's where we uh, take music requests during the show. Does this sound weird? Yeah. Does it work? Yeah, apparently. And so we're going to be doing it on Friday with live music this Friday. We're going to have a live music to kick off the season, season three premiere 
of Request Line Friday. So I am looking forward to that. Should be a very good time. All right, we'll uh, tell you more about what's going on on the streets. Plus, Matt Rule talk after this on KLIN. From the Momo, live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 809. Glad to have you back with us. Well, I'm getting reports from the people who show up to work at the broadcast house at a normal time that uh, roads have not been problematic for them. So I am, good. I am glad to hear that. Very glad to hear that. And uh, we'll see um, in, in terms of the precip, and I'm just going to pull up the, the radar real quick and get a refresh on this from the on the KLIN radar to see what we've got. It's just, it's not, at least here in Midtown Lincoln, I was outside about five minutes ago and uh, not really seeing any existing precipitation um, coming down at the time. As Mark said, we were on a little bit of a of a break, um, kind of like Ross and Rachel. And we were so, on a break. <laughs> thank you. Um, and and yeah, pulling up the yeah, pulling up the radar here. There's not. Eh, I, I mean, there's a little there's a little band of snow kind of in the York area right now, but it's not. Uh, as as of now, it hasn't really moved real quickly this way, hasn't developed, and so this might be one, might be one. Fingers crossed, where um, we're we're going to get out of here with a whole lot of precipitation. Temperatures are dropping, though. We are down to thirty one degrees in the capital city right now. Um, I'm curious, guys. Um, I'm curious what reactions I've I've heard myself talk about the Matt Rule press conference yesterday uh, a whole lot yesterday talking to to people doing some other interviews and and now at the beginning of the show and so I feel like I'm already sick of my own takes on it <laughs> but I can share them uh, but I'm curious what what you all thought about this and and we'll take your texts on that on the Rickstein recognition text line and you know, I guess if you would prefer to call we take those too but. Um, like, and I'm especially interested in people who didn't know, just didn't know specifically how they felt about mm-hmm. the the hire. Um, not necessarily that they were dead set against it, but didn't know how they felt about it, and how yesterday impacted how they felt about it. Because I I got the sense that it was, um, that it was something that might have been. Uh, people who are on the fence may have been impacted uh, by it in in a positive way, but I don't know because. Uh, I, you know, I suppose I'm to some degree on on the fence too, um, just because he, you know, we did this ad nauseum where we talked about the people who we wanted. Uh, he wasn't on the top of that list, but he wasn't on the like the, I was having a negative reaction right. to it either. But that was all based, Caleb, on on his Wikipedia page. Essentially, that was all mm-hmm. based on what I was doing was, and we did this on the Friday Husker tailgate. We. We counted. We talked about numbers, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about you know analyzing data in terms of you know wins and losses and percentage of wins and losses and where you coached and and what kind of turnarounds that you had numbers wise and all of all of these different things and that, none of that you know when when Trev makes this decision, he's got access to more than the Wikipedia page, right? On this thing, which is what you and I primarily have mm-hmm. access to when we were talking about this. And I think you can see now 
how the conversations probably went and were something that played in significantly for better or for worse. I'm hoping for better um, for, for Trev to go ahead and, and make this decision. He just, he checks a lot of the boxes that you can, you can tell Trev would, would absolutely like and, and matches up with a lot of things. And I, I I'll say this one more time and I, I don't want to over hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. Okay, I'm not saying that yesterday means he is going to be a successful winning coach and turn things around because I don't know that. And you don't know that. You also don't know that it's going to fail, right? None of we I have given a it. Listen, Caleb, if, if anybody had asked you or I on the day after Scott Frost's press conference, right, how we saw this thing going. I think we both, and, and the vast majority of people listening right now, would have said, yep, this thing's getting turned around. Yeah, We've got this thing going in the right direction. You got the guy that you needed. It, it, you've got it all. You've got it all going. And I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if this thing isn't well over you know, 500 and challenging for at least a division title in year two. That's where I was mentally mm-hmm. at that point. I was wrong. We were wrong. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of a hesitation that I get among fans to want to say or to want to hear someone say that, boy, that first opening press conference was great. <laughs> I I get that reaction, and that's why I say I could say all of the things that, that I feel about this, and it still could not work because... Let's be honest. It, <laughs> I mean, we had a break the curse party, <laughs> right? Things that we thought were going to work have not been working <laughs> whatsoever. But, but I'll say this again, and I want to hear what you think, Caleb. But I, I had heard that this guy was was good behind the mic. I had heard that he was going to win people over with with you know his his style, the things he said. Uh, the way that he communicated the, his passion and and his visions and and those sorts of things, and I heard it and I said, okay, cool, I believe it. Mm-hmm. And I came away yesterday from the press conference, being having it exceed every expectation that I had. Yeah, from from hearing that, and we can get into why we can get into the details, but you know, if it was about if it was about winning the press conference. He absolutely did. Right. Absolutely. I was, I wanted to take notes on it. So I knew, you know, so I had things to talk about today and I had reference. I couldn't get myself to quit focusing on it enough to type anything. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going, so I had no notes. <laughs> I got no notes other than, you know, nodding my head. Yeah. And, and like I said, sometimes feeling like I was in church. Uh, and 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 we got in that. You have a new you have a new piece uh, on on the website about that too. Yeah, I just put it up. I called it Sermon at the Hawks. Yeah, it's like Sermon at the Mount. So it's it's one of those things that it felt like. And I'll be completely honest. I it's been a while since I've gone to church, mm-hmm. but that felt like I was 15 years old sitting in the the, the first row at the United Methodist Church back in Loop City. Mm-hmm. That's what it, it it felt like, and I have not felt that in a long time in that type of an environment where you're just like, oh, I am getting a message right now, mm-hmm. and that's what he was. He was preaching his message for the future of Nebraska football. Um, so yeah, that piece is up at klin.com right now. But but just the way he spoke, the way he said, I want to win national championships, Big Ten championships, 
but we don't have the right to talk about that right now because we've got a lot of other work to do. I was like, all right, cool. That's He knows where the plan is. It's You can't come in talking about the Big Ten's going to have to adapt to us. It's you have to come in and say, what do we need to do first to put ourselves in a position? Um, one of my big apprehensions for Matt Rule when all the times we had talked about potential head coaches was the longevity that he had been at places as a head coach. One of the things that he said yesterday was, and you could see him up there with his whole family, one of the most hilarious pictures is afterwards his daughter's in the elevator with a picture oh next gosh. to him. If you haven't seen that, please get to social I, media. Yeah, I tweeted I tweeted it out this morning <laughs> if you want to look at it uh, again from my uh, at Jack Mitchell LNK account. Uh, if you want, it's his, hilarious. His daughters are trying to yell like he did, and it, it, it's beautiful. But one of the things that Rule said was he doesn't want to move his family every three years. That's nice for me to hear as someone whose apprehension was his longevity. Mm-hmm. Because if he's not trying to move his family every three years, that means he's sticking here for a few more. Now, let's say in, in four or five years, the Penn State job opens up. I'm not going to blame the guy at all for wanting to go give that a go. Yeah, but um, if but if he's still here, that's and, the one to worry about. Yeah, and that that's the one. Anything anything other than that, I think Matt Rule and his family genuinely like Lincoln. His wife, it, it sounded like genuinely liked Lincoln, and they've got one son who's going who's a junior right now and two younger daughters. There's not a lot that you really want to move a family around at that age. Yeah. So yeah. if you can go put down some good roots, and his dad had. Uh, now he was born and he grew up in New York City, but his dad is from the, this region. His dad, mm-hmm. they they moved from Kansas City, mm-hmm. so they're from really the region. This is a place that it feels like they can be here a little bit more long term. Now, is long term eight years? Yeah, that cool. Yeah. That's longer than several of your predecessors here at mm-hmm. this job. Yeah, I feel much better about the hire after having heard him talk than I did before. I yeah, I feel like I know. I get it. A lo- I I just get it now. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get what the appeal was. I get why you know Trev decided he was one A uh, according to what Trev said, and I understand all that. Let me say a couple of things that I, I I think. And by the way, text me your thoughts here on this. And we we already we got, have a we few. Got a couple, we'll, yeah. I, I want to get to some at eight thirty five. I want to question Mateo. I'm going to get to your question that you asked because I think that's a good one. But I want to hear your thoughts on this. So text him in right now four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. If you were on the fence, did he pull you over the fence? Mm-hmm. What was your reaction to yesterday? Is it the same as as us, or are you still guarding yourself? Because you've been through this before, I think we're all still going to be a little guarded. Even I I feel better about it, but we're still going to be. I want to see what those results are. It's still going to feel like, even though we know what the first year looked like at Temple and Baylor, and then eventually what those turnarounds became. Yet this first year is still without a bowl. It's still going to feel really disappointing, Right. right? Yeah. And there's a long way between where we're at right now, November 29th, and where we're at potential bowl season next year. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Some of the the more fascinating things he said to me were one of them that stood out was he was asked in one of the questions he said what were you know he turned around Temple turned around Baylor in three four years each of them went from a first year that was rough second year that was five hundred a third year and fourth year uh, in the case of Temple that was wild, wildly successful mm-hmm. same at Baylor. And and the question was essentially what were the commonalities? What was happening in those things? And I expected him to have an answer, you know, about about hard work and developing his team and and you know and and I and and having a you know his his own vision with the team. Do you know? Do you remember how he answered that question? 
He went and name checked yeah, all he, he of the, about the, leadership. the leadership. He went and I thought that was so. That was not what I was expecting with that answer. He went and name checked the temple leadership, and and I can't remember. Forgive me, I don't remember the exact names or positions that he used, but Temple and Baylor, and went through and talked about athletic directors, I, I believe university presidents, all of those things. And he used this word, and and he's used it before alignment. He kept using that word alignment between leadership and between what he was doing in the football program and how that was actually the first thing that came to mind for him in terms of turning this thing around. Now, have you had that year before? What I mean, it seems like you would have had it mm-hmm. when Bill Moose and Scott Frost were here, but but <laughs> there were some there were some, you know, is it, it was Bill Moose doing his job in a way that that made a big difference? Right. Right? Have you had alignment? I guess you had alignment when Sean Eichhorst and Mike Riley were here. But did you have alignment from top to bottom in that whole thing? Have you hit a different sweet spot now with what he's talking about than you've had when you've tried at least the last two times? Right. Did those previous alignments also include the president and the chancellor yeah. um, all the way through the regions, all the way down through the players? Mm-hmm. What Was it one unified body all the way through and not just AD and coach or right. coach and players yeah. or the AD having a little bit of a split with the coach, but the AD is really in line with the rest of the administration. If there's enough of a, a chink somewhere in, in that chain, then you don't have that full alignment that he was talking right. about. I mean, the pattern's been the same for over a decade here with the coach. You have a AD pick a coach, then leaves or is fired. New AD comes in. You can tell that this isn't working, mm-hmm. and then we're moving on. Yeah. It happened with, what, the last four coaches? Mm-hmm. Four co- that's what happened with the last four coaches. Peterson to Osborne with Callahan, okay? Osborne to Eichhorst with Pelini, okay? Eichhorst to Moose with Riley, and then Moose to Trev with Frost. Mm-hmm. That's been the exact pattern. In all- you got to get out of that pattern. You got to get out of that pattern. But why were those athletic directors, you know, you know, in case Tom Osborne, he's, you know, he stepped down, he wasn't getting fired, but um, in the other cases, the athletic directors were fired in large part because the early years of the the progress with the football situation, and I think it was a little different for all of them. Moose certainly had, mm-hmm. you know, other things going on. Icor certainly had other, you know, things going on that probably impacted that whole thing, and same with Peterson as well. You didn't have the right. You didn't have the right person at athletic director at the right time, and that's not all of it. But when he focuses on that, I think that is yeah. that is kind of that's fascinating. Um, the other thing he said that stuck out to me, and again, we're going to get to all your texts here coming up at eight thirty-five. It looks like we've got some good stuff already. Keep them keep them coming in on your thoughts, your questions, your opinions. The other thing he said that was interesting to me: number one, he walked out, and you just talked about the picture with his daughters, right? He walked out. He's he's posting pictures of his family. Mm-hmm. He's bringing them up on stage. He said he said one, one thing to me. He said, you know what? I'm not going to, you're not going to expect to see my family locked away. We're going to, you're going to see us in the restaurants, mm-hmm. essentially in Lincoln and those sorts of things. Well, they, wherever he went to eat yesterday, they, they already posted. They said, thanks for oh, making really? your first day here. Where was it? I didn't even see that. Let me go see okay. if I can find that. But, but nonetheless, sometimes at, 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 at times during, 
this 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 era of Husker football, there has been a sense from within the football program that there there are so many you know the guard is up so much. Carmela's Bistro. Oh my gosh, that's right by my house. <laughs> they said thanks, coach, for choosing Carmela's to celebrate your first day in Nebraska. It was our pleasure. Nice. Go Big Red. Nice. Um, that's funny that he went to Carmela's. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, um. Maybe I'll give him a Munch Madness boost this year. <laughs> we'll say, we, we should send him a bracket from last year so, so he can oh, so know, he have some ideas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, Matt, if you're listening right now, number one, get to work. Number two, okay. you need help He's gonna on walk restaurants. Like, this Norm's on 48th place? Yeah, that's a good, yeah this, right? This it? He'd have no idea. He'd right? have no reason to know about it. Yeah. Um, but just the the having... And, and listen, Frost was the one who had it last, but there was just something about... The the constantly having your guard up against the public against you know for the fan base and I get why you do it as a as a father as a as a you know as a son and all of those things but sometimes it felt just like it was a little over the top in in characterizing the the fans as being annoying or having ill intent. Mm-hmm. I thought it was over the top. It was nice. I thought Rule said a lot of things that did not make me feel like the coach felt that way about me. Because guess what? It's your best asset. Mm-hmm. It's your best asset. And just look at how look at the sellout streak. Look at the you know the stand still being mostly full. You've got to figure out how to leverage that asset yes. better. You've got and and that you know what that is. That also goes to that word alignment. Mm-hmm. The fans count in that too. All right, 826, I'll quit quit preaching too. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Why do you listen to KLIN? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Waking babies in the North Bottoms have been helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska volleyball, John Baylor. All right. We didn't think we were going to get him today. To be honest, because he's been uh, had a busy schedule last weekend, and uh, got to preserve that voice for this weekend. You know, a lot of games, short amount of time, and we're in the postseason. It's very important right now. Uh, but he made time for us, and he's gonna. He's uh, apparently in a place where where it's gonna work out for him. So, thank you to John Baylor, voice in Nebraska volleyball, joining us before the NCAA tournament. Thank you, JB. How you doing, man? Jack attack. You got to play hurt. You know, yeah. you can't just pass on the sidelines. There's plenty of off season to get well, but, uh, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be fine for Thursday. I just heard there's no Nebraska volleyball show tonight at seven o'clock. So no need to preserve my voice. Okay, good. That's, that's very good. Um, before we, that there's no volleyball show tonight. I thought you'd be all ticked off. There's no Husky volleyball. No, I was glad for you. Jeez. I mean, what, what do you want? No, I, I, either way, either way works for me. I, but I do, I do listen, your job, job one for you is describing what you saw. Okay. That's job one for you. Job, job two is hanging out with John cook. Okay. So I, I, I need job one. I need job one to work, uh, because I'll tell you what, JB, in in the NCAA tournament, I've I've done it before. Uh, if I have a game on TV and it's not going well, I'll switch over to the radio for good luck, and I need that option available for me. I uh, start with the radio if it's not going well, or the announcement. That's true. Bad. That's true. I just you know there's there's something about having a visual that's comforting too. But nonetheless, not I always say TV's an intruder, <laughs> radio's a companion. 
Um, my goodness. Uh, by the way, how about, I, I'm curious before we get to volleyball, I, we've been reacting to Matt rule. I got a bunch of texts I was going to get to here, but, uh, what, what would you make of this, uh, of the introductory press con- conference for Matt rule yesterday? Very impressive. Very That's what I thought. Yeah. Impressive. Boy, he checked all the boxes. I'm, I've already got eye black on I'm, I'm throwing on some shoulder pads. No, it was, it was really something. And, um, you know, you just look at his resume, you've got to get excited because this guy's a builder. And to, to take Temple, though, not one but two 10-win seasons, that's just literally unprecedented. And then Baylor was, you know, built back from the ashes. And this is a rebuild. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, see these, <laughs> I see these comments from people, well, he hasn't had the greatest uh, record against ranked opponents. Like, um, I just care about his record against opponents right now. You know, let's not get ahead of ourselves, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's 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 start, you know, reminding ourselves we're eleven point underdogs at home against Minnesota. Okay, yeah. let's let's just start doing well in games, not game necessarily games against ranked opponents. And boy, it it, it felt like uh, a breath of fresh air just came flowing through Memorial Stadium. It was very exciting. I'd ask for some just some text from listeners just to kind of get a, a sense of the reaction and a few of them here. Uh, number one, Debbie says, I'm still very much on the fence. Want to see some wins. She was a huge Urban Meyer supporter. Uh, she says, uh, Southeast Brian says, I like rule. I'm just torn because of the money. Arms race and CFB is out of control. That's some, that's some dough there. Uh, over 72 plus million dollars over, uh, the course of, of eight years. Uh, Moshpit chat said, on the rule hire, I was kind of mad before the presser. I haven't started drinking the Kool-Aid yet, but I may have taken a peek at it yesterday on the shelves at the grocery store <laughs> after his presser. Liked his focus on the O-line and D-line player development and focus on hard work. Seems like he has a vision and plan to achieve it. Um, Brad and uh, let's see, no, then uh, we had uh, yeah, we had a, a few things. He ate at Carmela's yesterday. Carmela's posted on Facebook, so we know that too. Um, and then OG Steven said when Nebraska lost to Illinois to start last season to Brett Bielema's first game, we could all say Illinois had an identity, but had to ask what's Nebraska's. Uh, and Trev said that was an uh, Trev said identity is very important to him. That that was something yep. that he wanted to have. And I don't know, you, you know, I still don't know exactly. Even from an X's and O's perspective, what the identity is, but I know it's something that's important to Trev, and I don't know what the right answer is in the Big Ten, frankly. You got to be tough. You got to be physical. You got to win the trenches. You got to win the line of scrimmage, um, and you know that's what Nebraska football is built on. And we've gotten away from that. Yep. Uh, that that's pretty obvious. You don't have to be an expert, but uh, you know, mamas, let your babies grow up to be football coaches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no kidding. No kidding, JB. I mean, in that last year, twelve point five million in the eighth year of that contract. Yeah, they're changing that whole favorite minor league baseball song from "I should have been a cowboy" to "Should have been a football coach." Jeez, I should have been a fired football coach. Oh, I don't yeah. even have to keep coaching a long Man, time. Man, and the ninety percent guaranteed too. It's not like they can wipe most of it out with a buyout. Uh, that's nine. That's ninety percent guaranteed. Man. That's why it know, is. It is. You probably want to think twice about being a professional poet. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not getting. They're not getting eight years, seventy more, seventy-four million dollar poetry contracts. All right. Although you get grade schools named after you. That's so true. That's, cool. that's true. Ted Kuzer. Ted Kuzer yeah. is stepping into well, the conversation. Well, you know, it doesn't come down to money. I mean, this is you know, life is a heck of a lot more than. Than uh, you know compensation, yeah. but uh, it's Man. it is pretty remarkable. Like Coach Osborne, I think uh, late in his career was 
doing, you know, midway through his career, was doing 250 a year. <laughs> right. I know. Bill Staff, Staff was doing like, you know, collectively maybe 250, 300. I mean, the whole thing was under a mill. And that wasn't, that was a while back, actually. But, you know, it's just stunning how 90s. You know, that's, yeah. that intersection of the supply and demand curve has certainly hey. moved up. Well, when you got, I mean, and, and the reason Nebraska can do that is when you've got that TV contract um, that they, that the Big Ten has just signed. I mean, it's massive. It's, uh, I mean, we're billion, billion, more than a billion dollars in that thing. I'm still a fan of radio. I know, I know, we know. We got it. Uh, yeah, well, it's good. No, That's you're it. not. I, I mean, you're, you're getting on the radio every day just to kind of minimize it. But now and then I want to <laughs> kind of defend this medium. Like, you know, go ahead. It's your show. Whatever you <laughs> Jack Mitchell, Lincoln's only radio host that trashes the industry yep. for the yeah. entire show. <laughs> That's like the new banner out front of Broadcast House. I mean. Not only is the building for sale, but it also says, hey, turn on your TV. Right. They're both probably doing about an equal amount of good right now, to tell you the yep. truth. But nonetheless. Enjoy your marriage is on the rocks. Watch more TV. That usually helps. <laughs> Kids, don't talk to you. Just get on the tube. More channels. 300 is not enough. <laughs> Uh, JB, I think I've delayed long enough. And, uh, you know, I kind of I kind of don't want to talk about this weekend. It was... Uh-oh. It was uh, from a volleyball perspective. I mean, who knew Friday I'd be? Who knew I'd be getting joy from football and and not volleyball this weekend? What is going on? I don't know who knew that. My point is, about nine days ago, Nebraska played uh, its second or, or frankly, best match of the year against Purdue. Was, you know, Penn State and Purdue at home were their their best matches. There were there were glimpses in that match of something really special. And then at the end of practice on Wednesday, just a completely innocent drill. I mean, a, a move that she's done hundreds and hundreds of thousands of uh. times. And it and Kenzie tears an ACL. And the game requires such interdependence that the moment one player goes down, everyone's affected. You know, in football, the right guard goes down. I'm not sure the flanker is all that affected. You know, but you lose the middle back you know, digger and attacker and, you know, arguably the best in the country. I mean, suddenly, you know, Lexi's affected because she, you know, they kind of communicated telepathically during rounds. They knew exactly what each other would do. And they were so complimentary. It was just beautiful to watch. It was was like an orchestra. I mean, it was was remarkable. And then, and then, um, you know, now Allie's back there and she hasn't played much and, mm-hmm. and it, everybody is affected and you saw it in rally after rally after rally. I mean, literally Dave Shondell texted after the Purdue match that he had never seen a better college defensive team. Uh, I mean, it's the head coach of Purdue's been there 22 years. He's never seen a better. And before that, he was a legendary high school coach in the state of Indiana. So uh, it's, it's sad and it's really sad. And uh, it's, and you, you, the Huskers don't make excuses, but this is just uh, profound and, and something we have we've almost never seen. I mean, in, um, Corey Cooper in, in 08 yeah. uh, uh, suffered an injury at Texas. I felt, I mean, you got to go back to '96 when you know Jen McFadden and Denise Kojel preseason went down. The Huskers had the whole season though to figure it out, and they finished number two team in the country back in '96. But this late, I mean, this is really something. And now Nicklin. Uh, her health all season has been suspect. Now, I mean, it, again, she, it's it's sidelining her. So they've got four days. Uh, I thought they did. Well, we're playing Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. I mean, historically, we've always played Friday, Saturday in the first round but and second round. So yeah. this 
first time I've ever seen Nebraska. My memory might be vague, but I, this is almost unprecedented. I go Thursday, Friday. It's just the year that you don't want to have to do that because they could use that extra day. Yeah. Anyway, you've got you know Delaware State, which you know historically the first round hasn't been the greatest challenge. So it gives us an opportunity to work on things. Hopefully, although you know Harvard was up one nothing on us and, uh, a couple of years ago in the first round, but uh, and then the second round you got KU or Miami, and given the state of this team, you just don't know. Uh, where Nebraska is right now, but you got, you know, great thinkers and great leaders and great coaches and, and uh, great players and they're committed. And also, you know, one thing that cannot be exaggerated is the effect on uh, Matty Kubik. I mean, mm-hmm. Kenzie's her best friend. It's her roommate. They came in together. They're the only ones who've been there uh, four straight years in that same recruiting class. They were going out together in part because they're kind of a package deal. And uh, Matty was the big, 10 player of the week last week and this week you know she barely hit above zero so she's got to figure out mentally okay i got to come back i i gotta gotta play through this so we desperately need her she had a tough weekend so a lot of unknowns well and so then the question obviously i mean and i'm watching the matches this week and i'm thinking the same thing everyone was and you were and thinking this looks like you know, a different team right now. And of course they've had problems with Wisconsin with, with Kenzie Knuckles. But then, you know, you go into that next game. You don't have Ames. You don't have Knuckles. You had everything on that Wisconsin game and you could kind of see that one coming a little bit. But how, you know, how close can Nebraska get to what they were at their best this year without Kenzie Knuckles? And how do they do that in the NCAA tournament? I think, uh, you probably have to stay unclear, unclear. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a, a, a remarkable if they get to Omaha. They caught a break with the uh, seed and with the uh, the four matches that they would need to win. Okay, um, but uh, you know, so everything's still on the table. All, the dreams are all still there, but it, it things have dramatically changed, and it just makes you realize that um, you know, you, you it, it's it's painful when you lose something you take for granted. We can, we probably took for granted Kenzie Knuckles. Yeah, our offensive players get a ton of attention. They get the accolades, and they're in the in the stat sheet. But you know who every day appreciated all of the nuances and all of the the hidden uh, benefits of of Kenzie Knuckles' play. Probably not a lot of people. And now you realize, wow, the whole team seems to be different. But there's time, and uh, there's belief, and there's and there's great talent still. And um, we caught a little bit of a break, uh, not having to go to Texas, not having to go to Stanford, not having to go to Wisconsin. Uh, still got to go through Louisville, got to get there first. Oregon is a profound third-round opponent mm. and challenge. That is, at best, a toss-up game right now. So don't, let's not get ahead Ooh. of ourselves. Yeah, it's, it's day-to-day. Yep. Man, this is a very sobering conversation, JB. Well, I'm trying to manage expectations. You're getting me worried about Oregon, and I'm, I'm wondering about whether to t- buy tickets for Omaha. My goodness. All right. Well, uh, Omaha sold out, so you can forget about that. <laughs> we, oh, all right, I was looking a few weeks ago, and they were still they were still available. So I guess it's it's uh, it's uh, too the late old now. Secondary market. Yeah, that's probably what that's what I was that's what I was looking at. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I guess that aside. So all of that, but and you alluded to this, but if you were on, if you had to play at one of those four one number one seeds, and this is no disrespect to Louisville, but that's probably the one that you pick out of the four. Yeah, we just don't have a history of uh, a lot of challenges against that program because we haven't played them much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you've got you – know, there won't be any sort of uh, demons or, 
or, uh, you know, bad memories that any of the players have to work through. It's like just another, you know, extremely talented, highly successful program with a great coach. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, I'm, I'm worried about, uh, you know, the Gage County and uh, yep. the folks living south of Lincoln. I mean, Torn. where are, their agencies? Torn. are they rooting for Danny or are they rooting for the Huskers? I mean, they've got to be, you got to keep an eye on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> The the people of Hooper got out got out of it with Jordan Larson in Texas, so luckily. But you know, yeah, we'll, they would have been torn. We will uh, we will see. Um, so I guess the favorites now. I mean, if if things go completely according to chalk, you're, it's Wisconsin, Texas, right? And, and when you look at the but, bracket, yeah, my favorite is Wisconsin. Uh, now we we saw their best when we were up there. We saw close to their best. They're just peaking at the right time. I mean, where is their weakness? They, they don't have, so I think they're the favorite. Texas, you know, they've always had tons of talent, and they've got one of the best offensive teams in the country again this year, and they've got better passing, thanks to, you know, Kayla Akana and uh, Zoe Fleck, the Pac-12 libero of the year at UCLA. who's a grad senior down there. So they got that fixed thanks to the portal. Uh, so they've got a much better passing and defensive and digging team than they've they've possibly, you know, ever had in recent memory. So you put those two together, they're formidable, but they haven't faced much competition. That's a weak conference they're in, and they lost Iowa State, which I think is unfortunate because that awakened them uh-huh. uh, from their slumber. So, yeah, you're right. Probably those are the two favorites yeah. with Stanford uh, on the outside hey, looking in. I saw I, – I, I, there's certainly still the favorite. I was looking at Louisville's kind of road, though. I see they get Purdue in the second round. Now, Louisville's at home. They're still the higher seed, but – that's a pretty unfavorable second round matchup, isn't it? For a one seed, I uh, uh, I'm not a super Purdue believer. Okay, you never know. And uh, if that Purdue can pull the shocker, we're staying in Lincoln. Yeah. Into, if the Huskers can get through, okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves again. This is not good. Don't get. <laughs> well, ahead of I backed up from talking. From I backed up from the championship back to the second round. I'm going the right direction. <laughs> I'm, I was talking 08. I think, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So, uh, you know, KU Miami, neither one is ra- is ranked. I mean, the last time I saw Ray Bashar, the head coach of KU, he was sitting behind the KU men's basketball bench at the championship game, and he was fired up eating popcorn. But then the time I saw him last when he was working was the 2015 Final Four. Yeah. And uh, they lost. They got, they got crushed by the Huskers that day. And then Miami, I mean, uh, they're, uh, they live in a sunny part of the country, and there's a beach, and I'll know more about them uh, if we plan. Um, so I don't know exactly what was going on with Haynes, but she didn't play. It sounded like they're, you know, hopeful or she is going to be back for this coming weekend. What do you know about uh, how likely that is and, and how important is, is her presence uh, for the NCAA tournament run? I think it's really important, uh, but she's had some challenges set in the middle of late. Uh, so, and she's just physically, even when she does play, not quite the leaper uh, she once was. So, uh, you know, uh, but she's got the leadership. Um, she's got the resume. I think, you know, last year in December and last half of November was probably her finest hour as a Husker. I mean, one reason among a few that that season turned around late in 2021 is Nicola Ames. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal play. So maybe she's got one more magic carpet ride in. 
Yeah, that would be that'd be well, and then of course you know the defensive angle too. If that's where you know where you're 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 missing Kenzie, um, the, you know her her ability to boy boy wouldn't it be? I know I hate to do the what if game, but I, you mentioned Akana earlier. Man, be nice to have her back on this roster now, wouldn't it? And it would have been nice if I had gotten a better date at the junior prom. <laughs> but a lot of would have you gotta stay focused. All right, stay, stay in the old moment. Stay focused. Delaware State. Delaware State. First yeah. NCAA tournament, right? Yes, the Hornets. Yes, first ever, and uh, they're twenty-four and six on a nine-match win streak. And boy, did they celebrate when they won the MEAC! I bet. Coppin State in the MEAC tournament. Holy smokes, it was Mardi Gras. I love it. They're all fired up, and when they got, they, they heard the announcement uh, they were coming to Lincoln. They went crazy. I watched that whole video. They have not played anyone ranked uh, this year, but you never do know. Any yeah. chance uh, noted Delawarean uh, President Joe Biden going to make an appearance cheering on his state school? A long trip. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, President Clinton was, uh, uh, you know, visited our state once. President yeah. Obama never left the Omaha area. I yep. think he came twice. Yep. And Democratic presidents, you know. Sad. Uh, when it comes to red states, they they you know, only if compelled do they show up. <laughs> Go, all right. Uh, no, no, no need to up the security detail extensively. Then I just wanted to to see if that was a possibility. All right, <laughs> Thursday night, seven o'clock, and uh, if they win again Friday night, uh, check out Husker volleyball with John Baylor, Lauren Cook West, right here on KLIN. Best of luck, John. Rest that voice now. No more talking now that you did your important voice duty until Thursday night, all right? I've done a decent job of managing expectations. Yeah, I'm depressed, so great job. <laughs> but, hey, it was a great press press conference yesterday. All fired up. <laughs> a lot of boxes checked. I'm putting on more eye black. Thank you, JB. Have a good call. We'll be listening on Thursday, all right? Jack See you. Now I'm just thinking of Joe Biden up there in the standing room only. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mr. President. We we just didn't have any good tickets for you. We bought this one off StubHub for $80. Drops his water off the ledge. <laughs> All right, it's 8.56. Let's take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. So, uh, you know Request Line Friday week is back when Gen Z Molly starts texting Gen Z Molly! Put in her request. You can do the same. Uh, Don't forget, live music on Request Line Friday at 710 this week from Dorothy's Dishes. Local band. And uh, we're going to have a good time with it. Bringing it back. Season 3 premiere. And... You guys have been holding in those requests for so many months. I would say, Caleb, get them in early. Yes. Get you. Let's get you, funky. Let's fill it up. There's going to be people squeezed into the blitz on Friday, and we're talking like, here you go, two seconds of your song. Don't even know if you know what it is. <laughs> okay? So that's just a heads up right now for those of you who want to hear your song on Request Line Friday, which comes back on Friday. All right, tomorrow's What Chaps Tried Wednesday, and John Bishop, we'll see you then. It's 9 o'clock. Kale and Lincoln. From the